This episode of Spawn is brought to you by ChoreCheck, a chore management and allowance app to help parents raise self-sufficient kids who know how to manage their own money. ChoreCheck lets you assign and track chores and pay your kids allowance electronically. Enroll in ChoreCheck Pay today. You can download the ChoreCheck app or register at ChoreCheck.com and use code Spawn. They'll actually put $5 on your kids' cards when you order them. That's ChoreCheck.com. Use the code Spawned. Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumpener. And I'm Kristen Chase. And we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we're talking about astrology and how it can possibly impact your parenting with our guest. She's an astrologist and life coach, Mimi Trong. And guess what, Liz? Surprise! You're going (laughs) to hear about your own chart for the very first time. Oh my gosh, it's like a Maury Povich pregnancy (laughs) reveal. (laughs) But not really at all. (laughs) And hopefully not as horrifying at all. No. But I'm excited. This is going to be really cool. And of course, we're going to close out our show with our cool picks of the week. So Kristen, you know Mimi pretty well. So why don't you tell us a little more about her? Yes, I do. So I met Mimi at one of my former cool picks of the week, Camp Powerment, last year. And I have been working with her for the last, I don't know, it's been since then as a a life coach, but she's not your everyday life coach. She's a lawyer by trade and an astrologer, but she actually shifted and is using the astrology in her life coaching practice. And so what she does is she combines strategic coaching expertise with an extensive knowledge of astrological charts, chakras, and all kinds of good stuff to support her clients in aligning mind, body, and soul to reach their full potential. And I am not just a podcaster. I'm a client. (laughs) (laughs) You are. She's helped hundreds of clients actually to define career goals, maneuver relationships, seek clarity of direction and purpose, break through roadblocks and self-defeating beliefs. I could use all of those things, Kristen. And her goal is to help provide strategies for lasting change so that we all get a deeper sense of joy, abundance, authenticity, and freedom so you can become a gift to the world and to others. And I love that language. And I'm so excited to talk to her. And hopefully she'll be helping some of you all too. Well, welcome, Mimi. Thank you. I'm so happy to be on board and to meet you finally, Liz. I know. I mean, you have my chart info, yes. so I'm a little worried that you know a lot more about me than I know about you. <laughs> You're safe. You're safe, Liz. <laughs> okay, phew. All right. I'm gonna, I don't have to sweat just yet. So Kristen's been working with you for a while, and I find astrology fascinating, like real astrology, not the like one sentence Virgo. You're going to have a great day. Like, how, how do you address the skeptics? Because I'm sure we have a few listening right now. Yeah, that's something that I had to overcome too when I chose this completely new path is how do I explain to the skeptics that give me blank stares, but what is it? I don't believe in astrology. So first of all, the word believing is a misnomer to use it in the context of astrology. Mm. It's like saying, I don't believe in English literature. There's really (laughs) nothing to believe. It's just a framework. Hmm. If you look back at history, the church needs needed to vilify astrology because they wanted to replace 
the quote-unquote belief system of looking up at the stars and looking at the movements of the planet to understand the rhythm of life. But honestly, if you use your calendar to schedule your vacation, your work, your kids, you're technically using astrology without even knowing it. I think that's fascinating. I actually grew up with a mom who was super into astrology and used to have charts done and go see people she loved. And I was also super skeptical until I got to college and I actually took a physics class Hmm. at Boston University called Stalking the Wild Mind. And it was about alternate ways of knowing. And we learned about runes and crystals and tarot cards and astrology and all kinds of stuff. And I remember the professor, like I still remember this, saying, if the tides are impacted by the moon... What makes you think that you can't be impacted Mm -hmm. by what's happening up in the sky? And I went, okay, that works for me. (laughs) And if you watch a lot of National Geographic, if you're really into understanding animals and nature, they actually naturally follow the rhythm of especially the moon, like crabs and a lot of animals intuitively know when to migrate into the ocean to reproduce based on tides. And we are majority made out of water. So Mm -hmm. if water is connected to the moon, our body, especially women, are really connected to the universe already. So if you're curious enough to find out how, there's so many ways for you to understand and embrace astrology and integrate that into your life. Wow. So was it something that happened to you? Was it an experience that you had with an astrologer that made you make that big move from, you know, you went to law school, you spent a lot of time Mm -hmm. studying the law, and you're like, you know, I'm going to make the shift. What was it that made you decide to go into this? Well, I think at the heart of who I am is I love helping people. Mm-hmm. And I thought I could change the world and make this world a better place by being an attorney. I started in immigration law and it was really rough, I'd have to say. It's not for the faint of heart. And I realized that I don't get excited about working with people's legal matters. I'm way more excited to work with people about about their own personal journey. Mm -hmm. I'm such a people person, like literally asking people about their life. And I realized, wow, why am I spending so much of my time writing briefs, writing memos? I think the transition was just being so self-aware of what brings me joy and realizing why am I torturing myself working 40 some hours a week doing something I don't love. So I spent a lot of time exploring what do you like? What are you passionate about? And I use astrology as a tool for myself. Mm. I never used it as a way to necessarily help other people. It was kind of like a secret. Like very few people knew I was into astrology because Mm -hmm. number one, I knew about the stigma. Number two, it was something that I felt was like just for me. I really started exploring astrology when I was nine years old. You know, kids like to read novels or cartoons, but for me, it was astrology books. So it was part of my life throughout my life, but only in moments of crisis. And I realized if I always bring myself back to astrology when I felt stuck, then perhaps that could help other people. So it took a while for that to click. And then my husband 
he's my biggest supporter, suggested that I consider doing astrology professionally. So wait, you actually didn't think of it on your own. Like you had been using it for yourself. That's so fascinating. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. I love this idea of going back to something that you found so much benefit from. And then you were able to, you know, turn around and now help other people with it. So, okay. So I'm so excited. I want to really get into this because I know that you have Liz's chart, but can we just talk very quickly about what you need? So this is different than like knowing what you're, it's a sun sign that we mostly all know, right? So like I'm a Taurus and Liz is a Virgo, but you need more information, right? So to get someone's chart, you need birth date, location, time of birth. And then what do you do with all of that? Like what's the process of getting someone's chart? Yeah. With the advent of technology, Yay. <laughs> now we have softwares that do all the math but back in the days you'd have to do it all manually and create that chart which is very very time consuming so I enter your date your time your city of birth and the city is important because it takes into consideration the latitude and the longitude so when I pull out your chart what you see is like a map of the positions of the planets at the time you were born from the point of reference of where you were born. So if I were to find someone born in China in the same date, same time, but different part of the world, there's a lot of things that are similar, but there's going to be a lot of other things that would be different. And people can look this up and we might actually pop a chart onto our Spawned podcast page so people can take a look and see what it looks like. But it basically is a big circle with lots. It looks like a pizza, right? With like Mm -hmm. lots of different pieces and they all kind of correlate to different aspects of your life. But that's not the correct terminology, right? Yeah. So they're called houses. But yes, you're right. It corresponds to different areas in their life. So there's going to be a house that would be about your health, a house about your money, a house about your family, your career, your relationship. And there's 12 different houses. So there's 12 different areas that we look at. So before we talked, you got all of this info from Liz. You've already done my chart. You know a lot about me. I'm a little me. nervous, okay. I have to say. But Liz's <laughs> chart, we can't look at it. We're on a podcast. What's yeah. the best way for you to talk to Liz about some maybe interesting things or some exciting things yeah. that you found out about her? You're not going to tell me like I'm going to die in three days or anything. No, yeah. <laughs> No. (laughs) You know, that's a good topic to talk about is to understand what astrology can do and what it doesn't. It's not fortune telling. Correct. It's not fortune telling. And we don't encourage people to ask the question, when will I die? Because that's not something we get excited about. Look, I won't even do those genetic tests, so I don't want to (laughs) know. Yeah, in the same vein, I get a lot of people asking, well, when will I find the love of my life? Or when Uh, will I get married? If you really think about a professional astrologer, like a doctor, you can go to different doctors with the same illness or symptoms, and you might have different diagnostic or different opinions. So your interpretation matters. right? It's that you bring expertise and analysis to a chart. So it's not just simply like running the numbers and then handing people a slip and saying, here, this is you on paper. Correct. There are some fundamental understandings of different archetypes. And for people who are 
are interested in archetypes, um, really think about movies. If you watch a movie, there's always going to be a main hero. Then you have the supporting characters. You might have like a love interest. You're going to have an enemy. You're going to have like a wise person. So in your chart, these planets are informing you and they all have a character. And the character is not all just bad. Like even the bad guys are still good. And then Mm -hmm. the good guys, sometimes they have something bad in them, right? So like you have to learn to navigate your strengths and your weaknesses and understand that in your chart. And free will is so important because that's where your power as a human being lies. I like that because I've never believed like we are predestined to do things like there is free will, even if there's some things that inform who you are, you still have the choices on how to act on that. So I can see how you blend that with life coaching, you know, in a really impactful way. But okay, so we got to get to my chart because I kind of feel like I handed you the pregnancy stick and you've just been holding it in your hand for a while. (laughs) And I want to know yeah. what that little line looks like. <laughs> yeah. In astrology, the way we introduce ourselves is what is your sun sign? What's your rising sign? And what's your moon sign? I always start my readings with that because that is your core personality. Cool. So given your date and time, you're a Virgo sun mm-hmm. with a Sagittarius rising and a Taurus moon. Wow. (laughs) That is very interesting. I don't think I've ever heard Sagittarius associated with me at all. But there's a lot of Tauruses in my life, like Kristen and my daughter. Well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. And what's interesting is that all the stuff about like the sun is kind of like the make and model of your car. Like you're like a Honda, but then like your moon is basically like the engine or, you know, like your rising is like kind of like the inner workings of your car. So what does that mean to have like a Taurus moon and a Sagittarian rising? So your Virgo sun, a lot of times people mistake your sun sign as the person that you already are like you were Mm. born a Virgo so you embody all these characteristics that you read online or in a book the better way to understand your sun sign is who you are here to become you're the hero on a journey and learning how to be the best version of what a Virgo embodies. So yes, Virgos can be known to be workaholics. They can be known to be perfectionists. They can be known to be critical. But Mm -hmm. the core of what Virgo is all about is being of service. Virgo people just love being in service. Being in service can mean different things for different people. And I look at where your son is located in your chart to kind of give a more descriptive understanding of Virgo. But just generally speaking, being a Virgo is how can I be of service to filling the blank. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. I'm like a little emotional hearing this. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. me. I mean, that that's me. I don't think I've ever heard that described that way before. I mean, I read, you know, Virgo, perfectionist, finicky, yep. you know, all that yep. stuff. But um, interesting. Okay. All right. Keep going. So the way by which you can achieve your Virgo sun energy is through your rising. The zodiac sign that was rising at the time you were born. That's why time is so important. So you have a Sagittarius rising, which 
Sagittarius is about adventure. It's about exploring. It's about learning. Always wanting to learn more. It's the disseminator of information. Mm. It's the person <laughs> that loves to share wisdom. <laughs> this is so me. Yeah. Plus, you know, data nerd. Kristen. Yeah. Liz calls herself the data nerd. Oh, then it's perfect. But I love the share wisdom. Like when I was, you know, young and single and had disposable income, people used to say I was the walking Zagat guide of our office that I could always tell anybody like where to eat at any given time. That's so <laughs> funny. And that is how you serve. Sharing of your knowledge is how you serve. Does that make wow. sense? Yes. Kristen, we should have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets better, Liz. It gets better. Yes, just, really? just hold on to Oh your my hat. gosh. I'm like so excited. I hope our <laughs> listeners are as interested as I am hearing about me. Well, here's the thing. And we should just say you can go to the internet. There are several ways where you can find your rising and your moon, right, yeah. Mimi? Yeah. So if people want to look that up and then you can search for kind of the characteristics, you're obviously not going to get as in-depth a reading as you would from someone like Mimi, but you can look these things up. So you can play along while you're listening, hop on your computer, on your phone, and you can play along and see where you fall as well. So it's a little like the WebMD versus the actual doctor. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So what else? So that's how your rising feeds into your sun sign. So now what about this moon? So your sun sign is your conscious being, like your consciousness, uh-huh. and then your moon is your subconscious consciousness like it's our instinct it's our emotion how we feel is described by our moon sign and it's also developed through conditioning through our childhood so later when we talk about parenting and children that's where we look at our moon sign this is helpful because i think there are even people who know their moon sign yeah. but don't necessarily know what that means oftentimes when people react to certain events their knee-jerk reaction is coming from your moon sign ah. so it's not the mental reaction is the intuitive reaction. So imagine like there's an emergency happening and there's like these 10 people in this room, 10 people with 10 different moon signs will react in 10 different ways. Huh. So the way you react, the way you feel is Taurus, which is another earth sign, just like your Virgo sun. In that respect, there is a harmony in the way that you are feeling like you need that grounded security, just like Virgo needs order because mm -hmm. Virgo is all about organizing, creating system and processes, but they're here to learn how to do that. Virgo sun people are still in the process of learning that they're not necessarily already natural at it, but that's part of their journey is to mm. how can I create this system, this process, this routine with the intuition of knowing to plan and be methodical is a very Taurus energy. And also Taurus is all about boundaries because Taurus is all about the material world. So boundaries are important because they're part of our material life world, right? So if your instinct, your need 
for security and stability is met, then you can be in service and supporting people in creating that system or routine by sharing your wisdom and knowledge. So all of the wisdom and knowledge that you have, you want to organize it in a way that people can use. Hmm. And also success is very much part of a Taurus energy. You need to feel that sense of, oh yeah, I've achieved this. I've succeeded in it. And this is the result. It has to be some sort of tangible outcome Hmm. so that you're happy. Otherwise, if your hard work doesn't show up as something tangible, you're not a happy person. (laughs) This is true. Yes. Although I would think that's true for a lot of us, right? Uh, Like that, you know, seeing results and success gives satisfaction. Well, for you, yes. From your perspective, yes. I mean, for some artists, they just want to create art. Or for performers, they might just enjoy self-expression. Like a lot of Leo energy might feel like I just need to have center stage and need to express myself different people have and some people just love being a mom like if my kids are great like I'm happy for them right like it depends your measure of success is different in this society of course tangible results and you know very business-minded people like they want okay what do I get at the end of this you know you know what Mm. yes I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, Chris and I remember when we started our blogs way back when, I think if I had never started getting a small following in the beginning and getting comments, I don't know if I would have kept with it. Like, I think I needed that kind of feedback feedback. to know I was reaching people to help me like hone what I wanted to say, to help me find the community. Like, it was very valuable for me. And it didn't matter if it was like three comments or a hundred comments. It was like, like to know that I was reaching somebody was integral to me continuing to write. Well, and I think you can also look at your career too. I mean, the work that you did in advertising, right? It's like all your hard work went into something that was... I know, very bad jingles. A final product, <laughs> right? That you could see and that other people would see. Yes, for sure. It's, it's fascinating. And actually, it's true because in advertising, you do spend a lot of time like pitching and creating work that never gets produced mm-hmm. and nothing was more frustrating to me and like horrible. Like usually when I left a job, it was when I was like, nothing's getting produced around here. Nobody's selling anything. This is ridiculous. Mm. I worked for six months and nothing's happening for me to show for what I'm doing here. And that was always very frustrating. And now I'm like nodding very vigorously looking at all this stuff that I'm writing down as Mimi's talking to us. Well, it's so fascinating because after I met with Mimi, I went and I looked up all my kids too. So I think it's interesting to see your kids' moon signs and also like the way that you communicate and process emotions. It could conflict with the way that your kids process Mm -hmm. emotions or communicate. But I know, Mimi, you said something about me and Liz because you Mm -hmm. look you, you know my chart, so I'm I'm dying to know what about me and Liz here you've got because you got some info, you got some dirt. Yes, so there's a thing called synastry reading, which is basically a compatibility reading. <laughs> so uh-huh. When you overlap two people's chart, so you can see how your chart is interacting with her chart. Okay, and when two planets are connecting, they're you know, talking to each other. And that's what people say, oh, the chemistry or the dynamic is like dating (laughs) or all of your different kids have different personality, but your dynamic and chemistry with all of these different people are different. So that's what I was looking at uh, because you guys work together. I was like, hmm, let's see. (laughs) How are you guys connected? And the one thing that jumped at me is that um, Liz's moon sign 
is sitting on what we call your south node. Okay. And the importance of what a south node and a north node is, is that the north node is a point in your chart that describes what is your purpose. What is the thing that you get to operate from that brings you fulfillment and joy? Okay. But your south node is energy that you bring in either from a past life if you believe in past lives if you don't believe in past life just think about when you were younger in your childhood so a self node is past life remember that so Kristen past life is connected to Liz's moon sign oh my god I love this so much this is so cool yes so when you look at parenting charts Mm -hmm. and even your chart looking at your moon informs me about how you see your mom or the parent that took a nurturing role in your life so it could still be your dad Mm -hmm. but oftentimes from a patriarchal society our moon is typically our mother and then our saturn is usually our father and sometimes it can be reversed you know, depending on the dynamic of the family. Liz's moon represents motherly energy. So in some ways, Liz and you have a past life where Liz was your mother. (gasps) Oh my God! (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Literally or a motherly role. So, you know. And by the way, to our listeners, if you have not seen Defending Your Life with Albert Books and Meryl Streep, you need to go out right now and rent it or watch it or stream it because (laughs) all I could think of is like the visual of him in the past life pavilion narrated by Shirley MacLaine and seeing like all the horrible things he was in a past life and all the different ways he died. <laughs> so I, I was thinking like, okay, I was like chased by a lion in a past life. No, I don't know. I was burned no you at were the just state. my mom. I was your mom. <laughs> wow. So nice. Honey. Oh, I have a whole new understanding. That's very interesting, yeah. actually, because especially since we interact so frequently and we have known each other for so long and we have such I mean, we have a great energy together. So at least we know it was a good relationship, Liz. But also, haven't you wondered, Kristen, like I think about this a lot, like through the Internet and blogging and social media. So many women in particular have been able to connect with people they wouldn't have ordinarily met. Right. Yes. Like when you and I met, quote unquote, online and we started our business together. Together, you were a professor on an army base in Mississippi. Like I was in New York ad agency person, you know, living in Brooklyn. And I'm thinking, how would I have ever met you? It makes me think that, you know, like, again, not to be fatalistic and we all have choice, but it's almost like the universe kind of um, brought you guys together a a little bit. Yeah. 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 And that's the fine line. How much is it that you control and how much do you surrender and trust? But then also the universe has its own plan. And so we can plan as much as we want to our best of our abilities based on what we know. And sometimes we've got to just also let the universe 
do its thing. So it's a balance. Wow. <sighs> well, Liz. Well, I know that we could talk about this for like hours and hours. We could talk about ourselves <laughs> and our past lives. Kristen. Right. Well, hopefully our listeners are playing along. But what was fascinating to me beyond my own enjoyment of learning about, you know, my roadmap or whatever, was going very quickly and looking up my kids. So I'm wondering, can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how this can inform our parenting? Like, do you do kids charts for parents? Like, have you done family sessions? Yes, I've done multiple family sessions. Like, I've done dad, mom, and child, and then the dad's relationship with the daughter, the mom's relationship with the daughter, and then the parent's relationship with each other, right? Like, I've done it, uh, and it's fascinating. So there's a few things to really consider. Number one, I typically don't encourage parents to get an astrology reading of their newborn child immediately, but that's a personal preference. I really want the parent to enjoy their relationship with the child and let the child grow up and develop their own personality. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, uh, maybe like around two years old, you already know your child's you know personality pretty well at that point. And then for you to look at your child's chart to learn what about this child you need to maybe nurture, pay attention to some of their challenges, and also understanding by looking at the parent's chart, what are the lessons that the parent is here to learn and how will the child be the vehicle for the parents to learn? Hmm. It's a mutual relationship. I love that because when we talk about parenting, we always talk about how the parent is learning as much as the child, that the child is often the teacher and that you have to be open to like learning and growing as a parent and learning from your kids and about your kids or you're going to have issues because it's a process. So it's interesting to hear the way you describe it is really similar than the way I think we've we've always talked about it. And then after that, it's to understand understand how the child communicates, mm-hmm. how the child feels, how does the child express their emotions, and how do you communicate and how do you express your emotions? If it's in zodiac signs that are harmonious, great, that's easy. But if it's in zodiac signs that are challenging to understand what is the challenge, and, and also astrology can be very abstract until you put it in the context of your life. For example, one of my friends, I told her her purpose in this lifetime is to learn how to be sensitive and learn about her like emotions and relating to people on an emotional level because she come from a past life where work, 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 right? Like it's a very masculine mm. energy and mm. like, like get it done, just get over it, blah, 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 blah. But then her son is tons of Pisces energy and he's super sensitive. So I told her he is a sensitive child and you've got to be really kind and sensitive and compassionate because he feels a lot of other people's energy. And then now he's actually um, determined to be like in the spectrum. Now she doesn't have a choice but to learn how to be patient and to acknowledge his emotions instead of like just, you know, tough it up your boy stand back up you got it you know like it's a very different way of relating so she's definitely learning how to be very 
patient with him. I think it's really good and really helpful. And I can't wait to like run and look at my kids stuff because in fact, my, my oldest daughter, who's a cancer always says, mom, I'm nothing like a cancer. I'm not really a cancer. And I introduced Mm -hmm. her to the idea of moon signs and rising. And I said, I don't really understand them all yet. Mm -hmm. And here I am understanding them. Mm -hmm. And she was really excited by the idea that she was not just locked into this cancer persona. So she's going to like hear this and be like, mom, you have to do my chart. Yeah. We actually embody all 12 zodiac signs. Mm -hmm. It's just, you've got to understand in what capacity those zodiac signs fit into your chart. And also when you put two people's chart together, you can see what is the gift that this person is into your life, given certain positions of the planet in the other person's chart and vice versa. If you understand, you know what, my gift in your life is this, Mm. you don't feel like you have to force a relationship that's not there. You can just trust that, okay, let's focus on what this relationship is meant to be and let's nurture that instead of forcing something that's not there. I really can't wait to learn more. But listen, we can't let you go without asking one question that I know is on the minds of all of our listeners. Tell me, what is the whole Mercury in retrograde thing? Is it Uh real? Just explain that because we always hear Mercury's in retrograde. Don't sign contracts. Your computer's falling apart. Everything's (laughs) going wrong. Mercury's in retrograde. And it seems like it's in retrograde like every other week. So can you just give us a brief explanation of that? Yeah, Mercury goes retrograde three or four times a year and it lasts about three weeks. And also Mercury's not the only planet going retrograde. All of the planets goes in retrograde. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... I Mercury is the planet representing our communication, short distance travels, and thought process. And depending on what zodiac sign it's in, it has a different impact. And it doesn't impact everybody in the same way because everyone will have that zodiac sign in a different place in your chart. Mm. So for me, this past Mercury retrograde, retrograde was in Pisces and my south node is in Pisces so it feels like everything was molasses and I doubted everything and it was really hard for me to also think clearly because Pisces is a little bit about delusions and elusiveness and dreamy so I was dreaming a lot but I didn't have clarity of thought I can't fight it I just gotta okay, fine, I'll just be patient. And I really couldn't wait until March to be over. Wow! But if you don't have a lot of Pisces energy in your chart, it might not have done anything for you. So it really matters where Mercury is. It's not yeah. just when it's in retrograde because Pisces is on your south node. So that's why it had more of an effect on you. And that's why maybe some people feel it more than other people who are like, everything's fine. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And also some people were born with a Mercury retrograde in their natal chart and it might not impact them so much. Oh, so that's interesting. It's not the end of the world to have a planet in retrograde. It just asks you to slow down, pay attention, okay. and don't get frustrated. It, it's just going to pass. I like thinking about it that way because I think everyone starts to get all like, everything's going to go crazy. You know, I think yeah. of like Mary Poppins Returns. Everything's going topsy. <laughs> you know, like everything's flipping around. It's 
not. It's not. I like the idea of slowing down. So, Mimi, where can folks find you if they want to get a reading from you? They want to talk to you about life coaching. You know, you're in California. I'm in Philadelphia. We've been working together, so it's possible. Um, Tell folks where you are. My website is www.exalted.com. It's I-G-Z-O-L-T-E-D. And then um, I'm always on Instagram. Uh, so you can DM me. Uh, my handle on, on Instagram is exalted, I-G-Z-O-L-T-E-D. Awesome. All right. Well, Liz, now I know your chart. I have my chart. There's going to be a lot of reading happening. <laughs> you know, I'm waiting for you to rebel against me, Kristen. Oh. Now that I know that you're my daughter. All right. Well, now you know. <laughs> now you'll be ready when it happens. All right. So Mimi, you're going to stick around for Cool Picks of the Week, right? Yes. Okay. We'll be right back after this. Kristen, I am so happy to welcome back our newest sponsor, Chorchak, in part because I like saying Chorchak so much. <laughs> like, I'm literally walking around going, Chorchak, Chorchak. <laughs> it's like the best name ever, it is. It is, but also because it makes this whole parenting job a whole lot easier because when you have this app, okay, it lets you assign and track your chores. Are you keeping track? You can check your chores. That's why it's called Chorchak. Yes. See, see how that but works? But you can also reward your kids for a job well done with allowance right in the app. I know. Isn't that awesome? You know what? I recommended it this week. Just this week, someone in our OutTech Your Kids Facebook community, they asked if there was a great app that we knew. And I was like, wait, wait, we have a new sponsor. This will do everything you're looking for. And people were really excited to check it out. There's even a really great special offer, which I also provided in OutTech Your Kids, but we will give it to our listeners as well. If you enroll today, just download the ChoreCheck app or you can register at chorecheck.com. Use the code SPOND, S-B-A-W-N-E-D, you know that, and they will put five bucks on your kids' cards. Yes. Five bucks, like free money, and they didn't even have to do chores for them. You know what? <laughs> you should just get a free tour out of that. It's like really a bonus for you, right? The more I think about it, you can have your kid do like some kind of $5 extra help around the house, and then you'd be like, oh, I'm giving you $5, but actually Chorecheck paid them. Yeah, and you know what's really cool is that it doesn't just make your job a little easier. It also really helps teach your kids about financial responsibility. We're all about that. We've talked a lot about that here on Spawn and on our site. So I love an app that makes your lives easier and helps teach your kids awesome stuff. So download the app, ChoreCheck, go to ChoreCheck.com, use the code Spawn and get $5 for free. How awesome is that? And if you too want to say ChoreCheck five times, I wouldn't stop you. All right, it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool picks of the week. And Mimi, you're our guest, so you get to go first. So I've been raving about this new Netflix series called One Strange Rock, and Will Smith is actually narrating and learning all about the Earth through the lens of six astronauts that have gone to space, and it's just fascinating. Oh, I'm looking it up. Darren Aronofsky created it. Ah, he's the director who did Pi. Yeah, so I think it's super educational, especially for parents and kids to watch that. It's amazing, and I am glued to the monitor. Oh, it looks really, really cool. I know. I'm looking at this, too. It's on National Geographic channel. Mm. Actually, it's on Netflix too. We will link this up on our website so you can find all the information. This looks great, and I've not heard of this. Mimi, you outcooled <laughs> us. That's so awesome. You outpicked us. All right, Liz, what about you? What do you got? Okay, so I've got an amazing kids' book to share. It's okay. called Star Wars Jedi Academy 
Revenge of the Sis, Ooh. a Christina Starsbeater story. Now, it was written by my friend Amy Ignatow, along with Jared Krasoska. They're both great, like, children's authors, so funny, so smart. So it's basically, I don't know if you know the Jedi Academy series. It's like comics for middle grade readers, but Star Wars. Yeah. And they're awesome, and they're funny, and they're quirky. And this one is about this amazing, she's like a typical kind of teen or tween girl, which makes her so cool and relatable. And the idea is she graduated from the Jedi Academy. Now she has to go to the Advanced Academy. She's kind of freaking out about it. You would almost think it was just like kind of a middle grade reader book about like this reluctant heroine, except that she's in the Star Wars universe training to be a Jedi. And there's all these great little Star Wars references hidden in there. Like she is kind of an Instagram style feed, but it's all Star Wars stuff. So there's a photo of like the cantina musicians from Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope who are like posting <laughs> their like latest gig. Or there's like a link to an article like 20 things Maz can wishes she knew when she were 400 so it's very funny i love it i love it i like can't stop reading it i'm supposed to give it to my kids but i have been the one reading well that's perfect star wars jedi academy revenge of the sis it's really good you can just find it on amazon but we'll link it on our podcast page on coolmompics.com so you can check it out it's all right okay how about you Kristen? i'm looking for new books always um but mine happens to be my favorite toothbrush liz knows what it is it's quip but they now have a kid's toothbrush And I have to say, the Quip advertises on a lot of podcasts. That's awesome. They don't advertise on Spawn yet, but I discovered them way before they were the cool toothbrushes advertising on podcasts. Kristen, do you know what I did just three days ago? (gasps) Did you order one? I ordered Quip because of you. I did. So So I'll get to uh, vet your cool pet. Yeah. You've been raving about it for so long. I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. I know. Well, it's a beautiful toothbrush. It works really well. I did get the rose gold. Oh, the rose gold. But the kids' version is great because it's got the waterproof handle and the grip, so it makes it easier for kids. The the toothbrush head is a lot smaller. And if you're not familiar with Quip, it's got a built-in timer, so it buzzes every 30 seconds. And what I love is you have to get the subscription service, like, because every three months, they send you a new toothbrush head and a new battery so you can change your toothbrush head and you're all fresh and clean and you didn't have to remember to do it and wonder whether you know you change your toothbrush or do weird things like put your toothbrush in the dishwasher which as we know Liz people have done don't do that don't, don't do that don't do that don't wash your sponges <laughs> don't wash your just throw it out people so I'm very glad that they finally launched a toothbrush just for kids so that's my pick of the week. Yay! That's a great pick. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned. Huge thanks to our guest, Mimi Trong. I'm pretty sure everyone right now is running to Google to find their moon sign. I know. I'm going to check my kids' signs right after this. (laughs) This was so fascinating. But uh, I'm really excited to learn more. That was great. And hey, huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen, who always makes us sound fantastic. Well, we love hearing from you, and we love when you leave us a review on iTunes, preferably a five-star review. And please, please make sure to subscribe. And, you know, you can do it right now while you're listening. Download or save our episodes. And Liz, you know what? I just did a post over on Cool Mom Tech about five podcasts that I listened to last month. I have the tab open right now. I haven't even gotten to read it yet, but I was like, oh, I have to look at this. You know what I put there? I said, I know if you listen to a lot of podcasts and you hear podcasters say, please leave us a review. And like people are like, well, why? Well, here's why. It actually helps us find listeners and 
it helps us get awesome sponsors so that you can listen to our podcasts for free. Yay! Yay yeah, free. we don't want to do the like charging you to listen thing. No, we don't no. like that. We no, believe no. in like free content. But you know what? We're grateful to all of our awesome sponsors who help make that possible for all of you. Yes. So we hope that you support them the same way you support us. Yeah. So while you're doing that, go onto Facebook. Join our Spawned podcast community. We're having a great time. I just put an article up that had a building with a gigantic boob on top. Yes, giant boob. <laughs> Where will you see that? Anywhere on the web? No. I don't know. But you will find it in the Spawned podcast that community is on correct. Facebook. And we would love to <laughs> chat with you, invite your friends. It's a lot of fun. So come on over and join us. Of course, if you have questions or comments, you can email us, spawned at coolmompics.com and find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.